Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. But the title for today, we're in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, and the title is Lean on Me. And if there's ever been a, a week that we this song is appropriate, it's this week, isn't it? With what happened in Connecticut. Kim and I actually lived right near there. And so we, actually, we, we lived very, very close. We had a church very close to that school. Unbelievable, horrible time. And this is a time to mourn, you know, for our country, for, for that family, for churches. It's, it's really a time to mourn. And, and I'm going to address this at a later date. Just the wounds are too fresh and it's too painful. And I'm going to address it at a later date. But there's some spiritual pieces to this, too, as a country. And we've been talking about that. If you were here when we went through the book of Revelation, connect the dots. Connect the dots. Second Timothy 3.1, Paul, the apostle Paul said, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the end days. And, and just mark, connect the dots, and if you want to talk to me about that, I can help you work through that. But, but this is really a time to mourn and a time to grieve. And even though we know where our country is spiritually, it's still a, a, such a heartbreaking time, and our hearts break with those who's, whose hearts have been broken. And um, it's tough. It's a really, really tough time. Let me pray before we get into the Word. Father, we pray for, we pray for our country that we wouldn't focus on the symptoms, but we would focus on the disease of the heart. And we pray for the people that are hurting today, that their lives have been changed forever. Forever. Their lives will never be the same. Christmas time will never be the same. We pray for them, those who are grieving and we just pray for extra mercy and extra grace. And we pray that we know that somehow you're going to bring good out of this. That's the whole point of Christmas. That's the whole point of the cross is your mercy and grace coming through in a horrible situation. We pray for that. We pray now as we look at your word that your spirit would speak to us and that we would live our lives in light of eternity. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the song, Lean On Me. For those who are old enough to remember when it came out, I remember it. It was a big, big hit. And uh, and it's stayed a big hit. We still hear it many, many times. and, And the whole point of that song is so good that we need to lean on each other. And that's really what this passage is all about. I didn't realize that, but you're going to be surprised here. With the last verse, we did Matthew 7. In fact, let's look at it. Matthew 7, 1 to 5. You all thought it was on judging. But let's, wait, you're going to be surprised at what it's really, the whole focus is all about. He says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So if you missed 
the first three sermons on this passage. Uh, get the CD, podcast, tapes, whatever. But listen, because they all build on each other. But basically, it starts off talking about don't. Jesus is saying, don't judge other people's motives, their character. That is God's job, right? We can only judge actions. And even then, we have to be very careful that our heart is right and our motive is right even there. If we do judge unbiblically the wrong way, God will judge us now and later. We talked about that last couple of weeks. Remember what goes around comes around. The way that we treat others is how that God is going to either discipline us or reward us for. It's all part of Part and parcel. And last week we looked at how the whole idea between the speck and the board, the plank, the speck in somebody's eye and the board in our own eye, that whole principle, and how that sin and pride blinds us. And it makes us mean, and it also blinds us to our own faults. And it's, we went through it a lot, but I actually saw another thing that I had kept in my file that I didn't use last week. But it just shows how we judge others when we have the same issues ourselves. It's really good. I don't even know the name of the book, but I just had made a photocopy of it. Page 34, whoever you are. But anyway, it says this. It will not fail... Uh, I'm sorry. It will not do to call sin by some other name, saying, the other fellow has a devilish temper. Mine is just righteous indignation. He is covetous. I am expanding my business. He is stubborn. I have convictions. She is proud. I have superior tastes. <laughs> and then says, there is a cover-up for anything if you really want, want it to do it that way. And isn't it true? We, we, you know, we, we judge other people. We excuse it ourselves. Anyway, get the tape CDs. We went through that a lot. But so far, Jesus has given negative reasons for not judging. It's all been negative. Because, and basically the gist of it is because we're not helping anyone, them or us, when we judge other people. We're not helping them or us, Right? But now we come to a positive reason so that we can help other people out, people who are struggling, people who are in sin, people who have issues in their life, like we all have, right? So we can really help them. If you really want to help somebody, he says in verse 5, and this is where we get to it, he says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. If, you, if we really want to help someone, it's the starting point is don't be a hypocrite. That doesn't help anybody. But the two positive steps on really helping someone, number one is get in a good place. We need to get into a good place spiritually. Get rid of the board, the plank in our own eye. Get it out of our eye. If we want to help people spiritually, we have to, we have to get rid of the sin in our life. Before we can help other people with their sins, their struggles, we have to let God deal with the sin in our life. Does that mean we have to be perfect? Well, no, only the pastor can be perfect, obviously. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I mean, no, it doesn't, trust me, it does not mean you have to be perfect. You want to help somebody, trust me on that, right? No, but, but we, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect. In fact, if we were perfect, we probably wouldn't be able to help anybody, right? We'd be just you know, a little too good for everybody. But we do need to be humble before others and before God. There has to be that humility. Galatians 6.1. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. So he says, if, if someone's caught in a sin, if someone's struggling with something, you who are spiritual. And that's the key. We have to be in a good spiritual place. We can't be, un, like we've been talking about, we can't be unmerciful, critical, judgmental, unbroken. God 
can use us when we're broken before him. That's what the whole thing with Peter. Remember when Peter, when he denied Christ three times? The whole point of that was Peter was not unbroken. He was very proud. I can walk on water. I can, I'm going to be sitting next to Jesus. I, am, I would never deny you. Just a lot of pride. And before Jesus could really use this guy, Peter, as the chief apostle, before he could do that, he had to break him. And in Luke twenty-two thirty-two, he says, Jesus says, but I pray for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. I'm sorry, no, I'm, I missed something. Uh, si- I missed the verse before. Uh, S- Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. He's saying, once you've fallen on your face, you've denied me. And Peter probably had a huge emotional, spiritual collapse. He did. We know he wept you know, wept bitterly. He was very upset. Collapsed. But Jesus allowed Satan to sift him, to knock him down, to, to let him go through that. Why? So that when he turned back, he could help other people. That's the whole point of being broken. Is when we're truly broken, we can really help people. Because we know how messed up we are and, and how God's given it. His grace to us, his mercy to us, and we can then allow that to pour through us to other people. And some, some reasons why our spiritual condition is tied to our effectiveness in helping others, the, where, how we are doing spiritually, how it's connected to how we can help other people, there's some reasons for that. Number one, and he already said that you hypocrite, hurting people can smell a hypocrite a mile away. You ever been really hurting and someone's been hypocritically helping you we can we you can smell a mile away and so they won't be able to receive our help because they know we're not being real with them also there's when we're sinning we lose our spiritual power what happens when we sin we grieve the holy spirit when we grieve the holy spirit we we lose a lot of that spiritual power and when we grieve the holy spirit guess what how we feel usually Rotten. If the Holy Spirit's grieved within us, we're going to be miserable too because he's in us. And, and he wants us to feel what he's feeling when we're sinning. And when, when we're grieving the Holy Spirit, we're usually down. And when we're down, do we feel like helping anybody? No, we just want to like throw the covers over our head. You know, we don't want to help anybody. And we, we feel like we can't help anybody because we're defeated. You get the point. Also, when we are in a bad spiritual place, I call this the mean principle. When we're in a bad place, we talked about this a little bit last week. When we're in a bad place, we have become very proud and judgmental. Remember David and Nathan and the whole story I used last week? And we can't sympathize and empathize with other people, can we? We're not sympathetic. We're not empathetic because we're, not, we're in that bad place. We'll actually do more harm than good when we're in that place. We do more harm than good. Sin blinds us. And if we're blind, sin blinds us. And if we're blind, can we do, help somebody with their eyes? Could you imagine, can you imagine allowing a blind surgeon to do eye surgery on you? That'd be crazy, right? But that's what, we, that's what we do if we're trying to help someone when we're spiritually blind. We're blinded by sin. We're trying to help someone. We actually we, we hurt people. To, clear vision, clear spiritual vision is needed to do this kind of delicate procedure. That's what's necessary. Talk about David and Nathan. And a lot of you know the, the verse in Psalm 51 10 when David says, we sing the song a lot, create in me a clean heart. You have, you have that one, Josh? I think I put that one in. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We know that part of the song. But why did David pray that? Verse 13 says, 
Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. That was the result of David's repentance and God cleansing him and forgiving him. Is is he helped other people, you and me, all of us, right? He helps all of us spiritually with our struggles. So if we really want to help someone, we have to get into a good spiritual place. Then, and this is the second thing, then we can help them with their struggles, with their sins, with their issues, with that speck in their eye. Now a few things jump out of us when Jesus says here, then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. He doesn't say it's wrong to help take a speck out of somebody's eye. That's why we should get the board out of our own eye so we can help somebody. That is the whole purpose of this passage. is so that we can help people. We're supposed to be doing that for people. A few things jump out at us, though. How close do you need to, how close do you need to be in order to see a speck in somebody's eye? Pretty close. How close do you need to, to get the speck out of their eye? Even closer. We have to be really close, right? We, and I'm not talking about invading body space, but I'm talking about we have to have a relationship, a close relationship. Who receives something from us? A stranger on the street? Hey, uh, you got, you know, you know, you pick out a fault in them, or someone who knows you love them and care about them and you're trying to help. Who, who receives it better? It's very important that we have that relationship. And knowing that we love them is very important because they trust us. Who, who do kids go when they have something in their eye? Who do they go to for help? Dads? No, no. Dads? Yeah, you're fine, you're fine. Blink, you know? Siblings? Oh, yeah. They're probably the one who poked them in the eye, right? Who do they go to? Mom. It's always mom. Why? Because they know their mom loves them, and they know their mom's going to be gentle with them, and, and they trust their mom, and, 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 and because the eye is very sensitive. The eye is very, very sensitive, and gentleness is needed. That's what the mom. And, and, and we need to be humble and meek, and the fruit of the Spirit sound like anything, right? That's, that's what we have to, to be like. And the same is true when we're trying to help somebody spiritually. Just like the person you want to help with your eye, the same thing spiritually. We have to, when you're trying to help someone to see... To, to help them out spiritually. It's the same thing. And also to help someone who's, who's not a Christian yet, who is, is starting to seek for God, but, but there's, they're, they're starting to, on that journey, that, that faith path, and they're starting to look for God and starting to sense their need for Him, but they're still spiritually blind. We all were at one time spiritually blind. We've talked about this many times over the last few weeks. The same is true. We have to have that same gentle spirit, even if we're sharing our faith or trying to help them come to faith. Very, very important. In fact, in 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the, I got a mental block here, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and and respect, same thing. We want to help someone come to Christ and get the spiritual blinders off. We have to say some hard things sometimes, right? But we do it with gentleness and respect. Very, very important. And we have to pick the right time. If we want to help somebody with a speck in their eye, we have to pick the right time. If we're going to deal with a struggle in their, in their eye, or in their life, it has to be God's time. It has to be the right time. It's not, if they have an anger problem, we don't pick when they're freaking out and throwing things. Oh, you got an anger problem. We're going to help you with that. No, you let them calm down, count to ten, count to a thousand, whatever. You know, we have to wait for the right time. And we have to be waiting so they're willing to be helped. When someone is willing to be helped. If, if someone's resistant, can you get a speck out of their eye? 
Have you ever tried to do that with a kid? Sometimes when mom's not around, and I have to take a spec, something out of the kid's eyes. And, and there, certain ones are fighting, kicking, and I can't get it out, you know? I wait for mom, right? So the, uh, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to, to do something. If someone's resisting and they don't want you to help them, it's really hard. To, it's difficult. You have to wait. I, I know with, on the farm, many times with the farm and, and animals, and they had certain wounds or injuries or th- things that we had to do to them surgically. And I remember trying to hold cows down and sheep down and pigs down and you name it. I held dogs and cats, held it down. And, and they, if they didn't want you to do it, they made life hard. Kicking and biting and all kinds of things. And, and I learned on the farm is you wait till the pain got great enough when the animal was broken and they were willing to let you do whatever needed to be done because they were in so much pain. And the same thing is true of people. If someone's resistant to you helping with that spec, wait. Let the pain increase. Let it get bad enough where they get to the place where they really, and then you say, okay, and then you try again. And I, t- I tell people, I, I'm just be on call. I tell people right up front, listen, this is what you're doing is going to destroy you someday. It's going to really destroy your family, it's going to destroy your life, it's going to destroy everything. And I'm here because you're not listening to me, but I'm here and I'm I'm showing you in scripture what it's going to do to you, but when the time comes when you're broken and you're ready, I'm here because I care about you. And I will help you no matter how bad it gets, I will help you. And I've had people come back to me. Have them come back to me regularly and say you were right. I couldn't listen to you. I was too proud. I was too hard. But now I'm in pain. Exactly what you said happened. But now I'm in pain and now I can receive. And they're open. I tell people who who are in a tough marriage. And I counsel people sometimes. It's so bad that I say, it sounds like you're going to have to do a biblical separation with your spouse. But tell them, say, listen, I'm not going off to marry someone else. I'm waiting for you. But there's going to have to be some real heart changes and when when you're ready to truly change i'm waiting here for you because i'm your husband i'm your wife and often that often that has the effect i wish it did every time but often has the effect the people will come back broken and that's when you can that's when you can heal that marriage we have to be on call waiting and ready to take that speck out when people are ready because we try to do it too early we're just gonna end up Getting bit, you know, and, and poking their eye out. That's what's going to happen. We have to wait for God's time. Are you really ready to help people? Are we ready to help people? How is God convicting us? What do we need to allow him to remove from our eye, from our heart, from our life, so that we can really help someone? And maybe you're here saying you need to lean on someone. Talk, talk to me. Talk to someone. We'll, we'll help you with that. Maybe you need help with that. Who is God leading you to help out? Who is he leading us to help? To put ourselves on call or make ourselves available? Who is he calling us to, to, to help? Are we willing to? And that's another part of it, right? Are we willing to speak the truth in love? Ephesians 3, speak the truth in love. Both things are very important. Truth in love. Are we willing to do that? Or is popularity too important to us? It's hard in our culture, isn't it? Because often if we speak the truth in love, we lose a lot of popularity. People are going to get mad at us. But Colossians, Colossians 3.16 says, 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. We let the word of Christ be in our hearts and in our minds and we live it in our life. And so that we can, one part is admonishing. Admonishing means to correct somebody. That's an important part of being a Christian. That speaking that truth and love and, and that loving admonishment. It is, love doesn't ignore issues, but it engages people. It engages people. And, and what if you saw smoke coming out of somebody's house? Would you say, well, they'll be mad at me if I wake them up. I'd like to say something, but I know they don't like to be bothered. They don't like it when people ring their doorbell. No. <laughs> I'll wait till I see flames. Then I'll, then I'll go, I'll let them know that. No, you, 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 would, you try. Now, once again, they say, get out of here. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, then, then you back off. That's what we talked about, right? Even pastors, pastors struggle, populate pastors struggle with this all the time. Uh, why, why don't many pastors admonish people in the church? I'll tell you why. It's scary. <laughs> You know, and the scary thing is, what if they get mad and leave? You know, I'll never see them again. You know, that, and that's a decision we got to make. But an important part of being a pastor is admonishing, as you probably found out, and I get my share too, right? Colossians 1, 28 and 29. In Colossians 1, 28 and 29, back a couple verses, it says, We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Paul says that's the job of, of a pastor's job. Admonishing is a very important part. Why? So he can present people perfect in Christ. Not so we can get a bigger church, but so we can present people perfect in Christ. And many times I have to say, God, okay, here it goes. Because it's more important to me. It's more important to me. I'd rather lose this person from my church than lose them spiritually. That's a tough decision you have to make a lot. And parents, same thing, right? Parents? What, what do parents really want Their kids, from their kids? They want them to be loved, right? We want, really, deep down, we want to be loved. And liked even. Isn't it nice when our kids like us? There's certain times in life, phases, right? What they do? Like us. That's what we want, right? But <laughs> we can fall in that same trap that we want to be liked, or we get lazy and we don't discipline our children. We, don't, we, we end up enabling them. That can be from the time they're 1 to the time they're 51. We can enable our children. And Proverbs 13, 24 makes it very clear when it says, He who spares the rod hates his son. But whoever loves him is careful to discipline him. Do you understand that? If... If we don't discipline, I'm not talking about just using the rod, but there's a lot of forms of discipline. If we don't discipline our children, we hate them. Because when we truly love them, true love sets aside our feelings and faithfully disciplines them, no matter how they're going to feel about it and how they're going to feel about us. Are we, do, we, do we enable our kids? Are we, do we, are we lazy or do we worry about being liked or do we faithfully discipline them? So, who is God encouraging us to help? Maybe you're here today and you need the help. Maybe you're not a Christian yet. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. I hope that today, this Christmas season, that is the time when you say, I believe that my sin separates me from you, God. 
And I repent of that. I turn away from that life of sin. Whatever in your word goes against, whatever in my life goes against your word, I repent of that. I turn away from that. And I put my faith in Jesus, his death on the cross for me. I ask for forgiveness through him. And I give my life to him. When you take that step, you are no longer spiritually blind. And the Holy Spirit comes inside and changes us. And maybe you're the one who needs help, and I hope you're in the right place. I hope you put your faith in Christ today. Maybe there's other ways that you need help. You are in the right place. Every one of us needs it, don't we? You are in the right place because this, this church is all about being a place where you can lean on somebody. In fact, in just a minute, I'm just going to have the guys, I asked them, they have some mics ready, is, is we're going to just give you a chance to say to people, don't say your names because I want to put this on the CD. Don't say your names. But, but just say, if you, this is something I've struggled with and God's helping me with. We're never past anything, right? But if you need help with this area of your life, come see me. I'll start. The, uh, I can help you with a lot of things because I have a lot of struggles. If you, if you want to know how to become a Christian, I went through a lot of faith struggles in my teen years and early adulthood and a lot of doubts and struggles. So I, I've helped a lot of people with doubts and struggles. So if you have struggles with that and you wanna, you're wrestling with coming to faith, see me. Another area, well, get, 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 you, get the mics going here. Another area is I struggle with um, some mental struggles. If you've ever been on any trips with me, ask Bob Cunningham went to the Philippines. <laughs> He could, he could outline them for you very easily. But I struggle with um, CDO. Some people got OCD, but I hate it when they mix up the letters like that. The, uh, the uh, uh, a, you know, ADD. In fact, I was thinking, you know, if I had grown up in this time period, I would have every letter of the alphabet attached to my, to my life. Because I, I struggle with a lot of different mental struggles. But I'm functional. I'm functional. You need to go on the airplane with me to see them all. Right, right, Bob? All right, so. Uh, <laughs> but it, the reason I could help you is even this week I, had, I woke up one morning and I was in a really bad place. I was like crashing. And I got up early, real early. It was like before five for me early. And went out and did my walking and praying, and by the time I got back, I was functional again, by God's grace. But, you know what, like that day, like four people called me and had crashed. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it crashed. And I was ready for them. Another day, I may have been like, come on, get over it. I'm sick of this, you know. But because of what I had just gone through, I was like, a lot more patient, a lot more understanding, and could understand what they were going through. So that's, that's mine. How about you? Anybody here say, hey, don't say your name, but just, hey, this is, I got two guys with mics. Just raise your hand and say, if you need, this is, if you need help in this area, I'm your, your guy. Okay. Y'all know who I am. Um, humans are complicated people, and uh, we all run to something for comfort sometimes, and uh, Sometimes it uh, turns around and bites us in the butt. Um, I ran to alcohol and drugs, um, and so I'm kind of like a specialist in that area. 
and I've been uh, clean and sober for 18 years now. Don't applaud. And um, that's what I do. So if anybody has any questions or desires, you know, if, if anybody thinks they have a drinking problem or a drugging problem, you do. And um, you don't have to go through that. And if anybody wants to take advantage of the resources through me, I can point you in the right direction. And uh, it's only by God's grace that I'm here doing what I do. And um, you see me all the time. And uh, it's a life beyond my wildest dreams. Um, this was not on my list of things to do, the things I do here each week. It was, trust me. Um, so, like I said, a, a life beyond my wildest dreams, and it's all because that prior problem that's right behind me every single day um, was dealt with. So, once again, um, you know who I am. Hi. Um, I, too, drank and used drugs for many, many years, through my teenage years into my early 30s. And um, today, I do not do that. Um, I rely on God. I, my heart is to share how God's changed me with other women and teens and to let you know that you don't have to drink, you don't have to drug, you don't have to overeat, you don't have to hold the shame of crazy things that happened or may, may not have happened in your childhood. And um, that's where God's led me today. So um, if you have anything that you'd ever like to talk about, I'm a vault. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I really feel strongly about this. So, that's me. In, in 2000, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And if anyone feels that they want to talk about potential uh, similar experiences, I'm here for that. Uh, I'm stable now. Just because I'm stable doesn't mean I don't struggle. I constantly struggle. And it's a, it's a battle on a daily basis. And uh, I was diagnosed in, by 2000, and that was by the grace of God. And, but I praise God for uh, leading me to uh, the proper medical care to get the diagnosis and, and get back on the right track and be functional. And I'd be happy to talk to anybody about how they're feeling, if they're dealing with the same type of illness or any mental illness related to that. Um, I've dealt a lot with depression and anxiety, and uh, I still deal with it still ongoing, felt the guilt of uh, having to deal with it as a Christian, and it shouldn't happen, but it does, and it's okay, and um, Christ has really been healing, and if you need to talk about that, I'd be happy to be listening here, because I've been there. Anybody else? There's no pressure to share, but if God's laying it on your heart to share something, okay, over here, you don't know how God will speak through you today. Um, a lot of people in the church know who I am. Uh, I just wanted to say a couple things. 
One is, if anybody has um, issues with long-term unemployment, <laughs> you might want to come and see me because I've had several instances where I have uh, lost my job for whatever reason, layoff and so forth. And I've had long um, periods of time where I haven't been employed. So I can help, help you work through those issues and hopefully strengthen your faith through it because it certainly has given me a lot of strength. Um, the other thing is long-term single parent and single in general. Um, I have a lot of experience with that and I'd like to share how God has brought me through that with other people and, and help them out. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Kathy and uh, I just want to echo what Mike and Lori said and uh, stand her as a testimony that sharing and helping uh, other people that have similar struggles uh, is definitely beneficial in leading people to see what God can do in your life and, and trusting him. Um, if it were not for Mike and Lori's help, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. And um, that exemplifies how it works, that uh, when we're given these gifts and God comes into our lives and shakes us off and cleans us up, that we, we, we owe it to God to reach out and help another suffering person. So in sharing our testimony, um, we're all stronger and we're all able to uh, hold each other's heads up when things get rough. Um, I also want to talk about what uh, Chuck spoke about and being broken. And uh, I'm here to tell you that being broken is a good thing. <laughs> as painful as it is, um, the seasons of tears, the seasons of joy, particularly uh, after Friday's events. Um, I think God does want our hearts to break for what breaks his. Um, I think we are here to help the oppressed and to lift each other up and hold each other up. And, um, you know, today's message is we're not alone. Um, we're unified as a body and uh, with Christ being at the head. So it's just a blessing to be part of this church, and I, I love you all. I don't have anything planned to say or didn't know I was going to do this. Um, this is my second marriage. Uh, we've, Laura and I have been married for 18 years, going on 19. Um, was divorced for 12 prior to. Um, when we got first, or when we first got married, one of the first things that we did was go away to a marriage conference. Uh, people would say, "Well, you, don't you normally do that when you are having problems?" And I think that's why the divorce rate is so high because people don't know how to handle things um, when trouble arises. And we went to a marriage conference less than six months after we were married. And in the first five years that we were married. We went back to that conference three different times with people from our church. So if, and, and, and I really believe that the reason why our relationship is as good as it is and as strong as it is because this has been a, um, a challenging year to say the least, um, it's been because of our faith, because of this church, people praying. Um, so the divorce rate's 50% in this country. Uh, and I hate to think if it's 50%, how many people that haven't gotten divorced are unhappy? How many marriages? So um, I, I, I think because of our faith and because of the way we've handled things, um, we've got four kids. Uh, each of us 
to a piece. Um, for the most part, we've gotten along really well. Um, so uh, if there's anybody who has any questions, thoughts, um, we'd love to share with you. But I can just say that it, it all really starts with the Lord. And, um, you know, uh, be more than happy to talk to anybody, anytime. This is hard for me to talk in front of a big group. I'm usually really good one-on-one, but um, I have had deep betrayal in my past, um, which led to really deep-seated feelings of rejection, and I've shared with some women in the group here, um, and how it's affected me. And I did have some bitterness, which took years to go through, but how God worked through that in my life. Um, so I do have an understanding for that. Um, also another completely different area, which I've dealt with for the past 12 years, um, a lot of, uh, dealing with loss and caregiving and, um, with elderly parents and actually some rejection that came in there too, and how God has worked through that in my life, uh, in unbelievable ways, ways that have just grown me up. And uh, this church has usually helped me with that years ago and um, still is. And I'm thankful for that. But I'd love to be able to help people that are in the same boat. Hi. For for years I felt that I wanted to help other women who had... um, suffered abuse in childhood by a male relative and I've never had the opportunity to really help others and since I've received uh, total pain free torment free life through Christ I feel that I know the way to get over the pain and torment that may be in some women's lives because of things that happened in their childhood. I know it's many times you're told that just get over it, it's over and done with, but it sticks with you. And But it does finally go away if you're, you get close to, enough to the Lord. So uh, I, I could help someone if they would like to talk to me. Thanks. Hi. Um, it's really hard for me to do this because I've never done anything like this, but I really felt like I needed to share that, you know, even as a young person, it's hard to recognize when you have faults in your life um, because you're so young, you haven't lived with it long enough. And I have a lot of friends, I've watched a lot of friends go through addictions and struggles, and already it's it's too young. Um, And this message reminds me that even by worldly standards, Friends think that, you know, you're good, you're too good, you know, you're goody two-shoes, or, you know, Christianity is too good for some people who struggle. And, you know, every day is a struggle. Uh, we're not, I'm not good, I'm not a good person. And by worldly standards, uh, it would be really weak to call me good. And I can't be good without Christ, so I think some of my struggles come from... Uh, not recognizing, not be always explaining that it's not me, it's not, you know, it's not Christian people, it's Christ, and it's so important that even people who struggle and feel broken 
that God wants those people. He needs those people. He loves those people anyway. And just being young and having a lot of friends who are so young and already going th through things that could kill them early, um, it just reminds me how important it is to communicate to them how, how much God loves us, how much Christ wants your brokenness and wants to take on your pain and wants to help you. And more than any, as far as any alcohol or drug or anything that can numb pain, he doesn't want to numb your pain. He wants to cure it for the rest of your life, and he can. And he's the only thing who can. And that's just something I need to remind myself to be able to communicate. I um, had, uh, I say had, I still deal with it sometimes, but problems with anger. And uh, I've hurt people that I love. I've hurt people in this church. Even my brother that handed me this mic. And I was never able to deal with it until I was able to give it to God. And he's helped me deal with it. And he's taken it away from me. And I still have to struggle with it. But I found that um, I can treat my wife with respect and my children appropriately. And people that love and care for me, I don't hurt them the way I used to. Because I used to turn, when people would accuse me of doing something wrong, I would get angry and turn it around on them. And God's made it so that I don't do that anymore. And uh, I might do it in my own mind, but he helps me catch myself now. And uh, if anybody has any struggles with that, feel free to come talk to me, because I'd love to help. It's a terrible thing to be angry, and uh, it hurts people. And it sounds kind of crazy, but if I can help somebody else not be angry, just let me know. Hello, everyone. I just want to confess that I, uh, I'm a work in progress, and I have a problem with food, gluttony. I eat too much. I don't realize it, but I do it. And it's something so simple. It's not a drug. It's not alcohol. It's every day. And around this time of year, the holidays, it's especially bad for a lot of people, I think. And it looks so simple, but it's gotten so bad that I've become diabetic and I have to take drugs and just because I can't stop eating. Now, I pray to God every day, and with his help, I'm getting it under control, and that's why I'm a work in progress. Um, I think a lot of people deal with this and don't even admit it, and just don't realize it. And like Chuck's sermon today, when I realize it is when I look in the mirror and I see that plank that I wear every day and say, you know, I'm not... Uh, the skinny guy I was 30 years ago. I'm not a healthy guy, and it's eventually going to kill me if I don't get it under control. And uh, food can be a drug just like anything else. you know. And uh, it's something I deal with. It's something I'm fighting, and through your help, through the church, and through God, I hope to conquer it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, when I started to come to this church uh, three and a half years ago, I was um, 40 pounds heavier. I was on blood med pressure medication, um, cholesterol medication. I'm off every medication, um, healthier than I've ever been. I'm a personal trainer. 
Um, and if anyone um, has struggles in that area, uh, fitness or what, for me, um, if, if I feel physically bad about myself, it carries over to everything. Um, and there's a lot of uh, negative ramifications. So if anyone wants to talk about that, I'd be more than happy. I've experienced uh, <coughs> both sides. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, if anybody is or has had to deal with domestic violence, um, I've been in their shoes. Um, it took a long time for me, but I have forgiven my ex-husband. And once I did that, it, it changed my life. So if anybody needs to talk, I'm here. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and do you have one more song okay one more song and and we're gonna um i'm really just priming the pump today we all can help each other with a lot of different things but i really want to say thanks to everybody here who shared and uh that was that was really because now we know who to go to we know who to go to if if we need help with a struggle, we know to go who to go to who is struggling. We we, we know, but this is I'm just hoping it's just primes the pump because that's just the way that we. Sh I hope we were just like this all the time, just sharing our struggles and sharing how God's helped us, and and we are. This, this church has just been amazing. It's just been amazing. I really appreciate so much of the honesty and um, things that were shared today. I really appreciate it. I should mention one other thing: having a lot of kids. If you have a problem with perfect kids, uh, don't talk to me. But uh, <laughs> if you have any issues with children, non-perfect issues, uh, Kim and I are a resource. I think we haven't experienced everything, but we're starting to get close. So uh, if, if, you, if you have struggles, we're all here for each other. I'm here, we're all here. And if you want to put your faith in Christ, if you didn't take that step yet, talk to me. Talk to someone here. We'll, I'll help you out because... That's, that's what it's all about.